in the high desert in the great American Southwest. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM. John, welcome to the program. Good to have you with us. You're with us. You're with us. You're with us. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. This is a podcast where two brothers analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the guy that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Henry Wallace to your Franklin Delano Roosevelt, except I didn't run an agricultural system during wartime. You sure are, Chris, and <laughs> I'm excited to be here with you today for a very special reason. Very excited, Paul. We have an episode today that I think you are really going to enjoy. Okay, what is it? We are going to be covering a piece of radio history that I will refer to as the Saga of the Frantic Area 51 Caller. You probably need to work on that title a little bit. It's a little long. Well, he's known as the Frantic Area 51 Caller, and then I put together a saga for us today. So okay, this is Art's probably most infamous call of all time. All right. The the clip of this specific call, which is about two minutes long, is still talked about to this day across the internet. It was originally heard by around 10 to 20 million people. This was at Art's heyday. This was like when he was at top of the top of his prime. Okay. And since then, it's been reshared, reposted. It's had millions of views on YouTube, Reddit, a, a bunch of other platforms on the internet. It was that profound of a call. It is that profound. I cannot wait to hear it. Oh, it's going to be wild. So specifically, quick shout out. This episode was a request made by our listener, Brad. Uh, You too can request episodes at c2cpmpod at gmail.com if there's an episode that uh, you want us to cover. Hey, thanks for reaching out, Brad. Really appreciate it. So today's episode, Chris, is going to start with the Area 51 Open Lines Coast to Coast AM episode from September 11th, 1997. We're then going to jump to a follow-up call on Coast to Coast uh, from April 28th, 1998. And then we're going to jump all the way to a completely other radio show known as Fade to Black with Jimmy Church, episode 122 from 2014, because it is critical to this storyline. Wait, this is Coast to Coast history. We haven't ever brought another radio show into this. We've never broken outside of Coast to Coast or Art Bell. We are doing it today just for this story. That's how profound this call is, Chris. I need you to realize. I, I, I'm so excited, dude. I'm so excited. For the listeners, too, because some may be familiar with this. Have you ever heard this call before? I, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. I'm so stoked to get your live reaction. It's going to be great. But before we do that, Chris, we got to get to Tim Penal. Tim time. Tim Times, so live from the Coast to Coast AM blog, our article today, several school children in Columbia collapse following Ouija board session. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? The collapse? The collapse from a Ouija. Dude, this this is some heavy spirits. It's it's dark. It's dark. Very so. heavy spirits. Nearly a dozen students at a school in Columbia inexplicably collapsed and were found writhing on the floor in pain after they are said to have played with a Ouija board. This is Columbia, the country, Paul, not the college. Correct. The country. Also, not the city. My uh, okay. My very first thought was college. And then uh, you said in Columbia. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe we're talking about the country here. The country. Correct. So, okay, the, so we're dealing with Colombians. 
Uh, yes, exactly. Colombian school children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Playing with the Ouija? Playing with the Ouija. It is it is a global epidemic, the Ouija board. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, what else we got? The weird incident reportedly occurred last month at the Agricultural Technical Institute in the town of Hato. School administrators were stunned when a member of the staff stumbled upon the 11 teenagers vomiting and experiencing muscle spasms while scattered across the floor of a hallway. <laughs> Dude, this school poisoned those kids and they're blaming it on a Ouija board. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> the children were subsequently taken to a local hospital and word soon spread within the school that the teens had been playing with a Ouija board prior to the puzzling events that their session with the spooky device was to blame for what happened. Tisk tisk, dude, especially in a Catholic country. That's a big no-no playing with some divination and sorcery. You can't be messing with the Ouija board, man. You got to watch uh, Ouija, uh, Origin of Evil. Great movie. Check that out. I think it's on HBO Max, but I'll tell you why you shouldn't play with the Ouija board. While one might think that such a fantastic theory would be dismissed by authorities, the mayor of the town actually told reporters that, quote, it is not ruled out that it was from the Ouija board. That is part of the investigation. <laughs> well, I can't, it can't be denied. We don't have enough evidence. We can't prove it wasn't the Ouija board. It, who's to say it wasn't the Ouija board? Many people are saying. That it was man, man, many people are saying that to that end, an official from the hospital indicated that they explored this possibility and quote, we did not find any psychological alteration in the children when they examined them at the facility. As of now, it is believed that the teens may have gotten sick due to contaminated water as the investigation determined that before they fell ill, the youngsters had all been drinking from the same class, which just might have been worse for one's health than playing with a Ouija. Yes, totally called it, dude. Immediately, you were not wrong. Just like this school poisoned those children. You were not wrong. They were likely poisoned. And the school administration is just going to take any, any kind of bone they can get. It could be the Ouija. It could be the Ouija board. Very medieval of them to take something that is incredibly natural and just say it was demons. Yeah, I like that a lot, dude. Also very medieval to get this kind of poisoning through your tap water, Paul. Yes. Yes, it is. You got to make sure to get a nice Brita filter, uh, help help clean that water out for you or boil I guess, it. I guess I'm not going to get my, that agricultural degree from Columbia now. Very true. Stay away or, you know, bring your own water at least. Yeah. Now for some housekeeping. Uh, we do have an email address. Send your thoughts or episode requests to c2cpmpod at gmail.com. That will be in the show notes. If you like the show, drop us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and smash that subscribe button. We release an episode every Thursday, and that'll make sure you never miss one. And thank you to everyone who has told friends about us. We don't advertise or go on other podcasts. This is 100% organic. So thank you, and please keep it up. Artisanal podcast, baby. Indeed. Well, to today's episode, Chris... The saga of the frantic Area 51 caller. The saga, dude. I can't wait to hear this joker, dude. All right. So we're starting off with the September 11th, 1997 Area 51 open lines. So here is Art introducing the show. I want to make sure that you get a good feel for understand for what, the what kind of calls we should be receiving. Exactly. Where? Okay. What, what's going on today, Art? What's happening back in 1997? What is normally my first time caller line is now going to be... 
an Area 51 employee singing line. You know that place that doesn't exist? We're going to be looking for people who either retired uh, from Area 51 and can now talk, or people who presently work at Area 51 and wish to tell us what's going on up there, because we all have deep suspicions about what's happening up there. So I'm just going to sort of open a line and see what happens. Now, we may not get any calls. I have no way of knowing. You know, when I open these lines, I have no way of knowing. He's a madman, dude. Yeah. He's asking employees of Area 51 to call into him. Yeah, the top secret U.S. facility. Absolute madman. Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. This dude. is why he was the king. He was Art the king. Art is of king, dude. Art is king. Just, just going to open up the line, see if anybody drops some top secret confidential information. You never know who's going to show up. Okay. And so now we got this caller calling. Is this towards like the beginning of the show? Does so it like blow this is, up? This is later in the show, right? This so is first, later in the show. First, okay. I'll give you some samplings of what was happening okay. in the front half okay, of the show. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so that way we kind of get a feel for for who was calling in, right? So right. one of the ones that I really enjoyed from the front half of the show was a guy who called in saying that he works in Area 51 in the year 2072. He was he was calling the past. He was in the past from the future. Oh, he was here in the past. Yeah, he was actually okay. in his car driving on a road trip in the past when he called in. So when you hear his audio, that's why it's a little messy. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm uh, currently I'm driving a truck right now because I'm making a historical study of life in the 20th century. And uh, there's really no better way to study it than getting out there and uh, seeing it and experiencing it. So you're sort of slumming in the 20th, huh? There you go. Um, actually, uh, I'm from the 21st century, or the uh, 21st century, uh, the year 2072, and I worked at Area 51, or I guess you would say I will work at Area 51, which at that time is uh, the nation's capital. <laughs> there, there's a series Excuse of catastrophes that. that will occur, and I, I don't want to create a paradox by saying too much. But some events occur around the turn of the century in the uh, eastern part of the country. Uh, things happen where the government of the United States has to relocate. There's a little bit of uh, Billy Coops in there, dude. A little Bill Cooper. There is a little Bill Cooper with him for sure. He, yeah. he also goes into the fact that at the turn of the century, so like 2000s, uh, aliens are here. Oh, And that's a big part of what goes down. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. A little wrong on that yeah, one. He was a little wrong. I also have a, a few other things because Art would usually ask whenever someone claimed to be from the future, give us a proof point. So he okay. also he offers a few other kind of fortune telling things of what was going to happen. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is there something minor but spe very specific that you can give us that's going to happen in the near term future that we can watch for and say, aha, the guy from 2072 called it? Yeah, we're going to have uh, probably about March of this coming winter. Yes. Southern California and uh, Arizona are going to suffer severe flooding as a result of the El Nino that's building. And in 1999, the winter of 1999, there's going to be a major uh, devastating earthquake in Southern California. Um, Wait a minute, that was the winter of 99? The winter of 1999. How big will it be, do you know? Um, 
From the history books I've read, um, it was about an 8.9 on the Richter oh scale. Oh, my. So he was pretty much dead wrong on both of those, right? So I, I looked into it because I was curious how close this guy from the future was. Uh, in March 1998, El Nino actually was incredibly severe, and it had some of the wettest weather on record for the Southern California no region. No way. Yeah. So Good call. Good he, call. He called that one for sure. And then he also called an earthquake uh, in the, the winter of uh, of 99, which I did not find. There was a very severe earthquake in October of 1999. It was the Hector Mine earthquake, which was a 7.1. It was not an 8 on the Richter scale, but it was in Southern California. So That's, a pr- that's still a pretty big uh, earthquake. I mean, I'm going to give it to him, dude. Close enough. Close enough. Close, Close enough. enough. We didn't get the aliens in 2000, though. That we know of. That's true. That's true. That that's a great we point. know of. That's a great point. So that was that's pretty indicative of what the quality of the calls coming in. They were all pretty silly. You know, Art was clearly okay. just having a bit of fun with it. And then right. chaos. So here is the infamous frantic caller. This is uh, the actual show. start of our saga. This is the start of our saga right here. At the end, the uh, the audio is going to get choppy, and I'll explain what happened after. On my Area 51 line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're they're uh, they're, they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us t- something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with uh, they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of of, of military establishment, particularly the Area 51, uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, are but they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not, they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. Uh, <laughs> I, I started getting... At that point, Art Bell was <laughs> knocked off the air. What? Across the country, the show went down. Bull crap. Yes. So what happens whenever a radio show goes off the air, you know, he has all of these these smaller radio stations that play him like they right. literally have silence alarms. Right. So at right. radio stations across the country, like klaxons are going off saying that it is completely dead air because Art Bell has disappeared from the radio. They pulled him. 
The, no, the transmission completely failed. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They pulled him from the air. The transmission failed entirely. Bull crap. Yep. Is Art just a genius and does this on purpose? This was not Art. He had nothing to do with it. He he can't. He, he had no way to control that. Yeah, he comes back on the air and is like, I had no idea what happened. What? Yeah. So, Chris, what did you think of that call, though? He sounds legitimately terrified. Sounds terrified. Sounds he so scared. sounds legitimately terrified. I mean, one of the one of if I'm putting on my skeptics hat. Yeah. It's he does legitimately sound like somebody who's in the midst of a schizophrenic episode yeah like he is in one of the worst parts of that schizophrenic episode but he does say some interesting things that kind of piqued my interest he talks about that these are extra dimensional creatures that's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. I thought, um, and also kind of plays with some of some other episodes, especially I'm thinking of High Strangeness in the Mojave Desert mm-hmm. or um, Skinwalker as well. Skinwalker as well, I think, is another great one. So that's interesting that they're not moving the population centers for some destruction that's coming my immediate thought was Graham Hancock and the asteroids that are supposed to be coming within the next couple hundred years. Oh, interesting. So, because he kept on saying there will be safe places. Yeah, but we're not being moved to them. But we're not being moved to them. And so that's that was my immediate thought was there's some kind of comet, asteroid, something like that coming that isn't like world destroying, but it is civilization ending. Mm-hmm. If you don't kind of hide everyone. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't connected that to Graham at all, but you're right. It, the first time I heard it, I was like, this person is mentally ill, but it's the, the getting knocked off the air thing. That is the craziest part where he's in the middle of having a breakdown right. and then across the country, our bells offline. Yeah, that immediately puts up weird feelers on me, dude. That mm. is weird. Yeah, and that's a big part of why this call has gotten so much attention over you know the past three decades, uh, is be or I guess two decades, but it is because like how serious this guy sounds. He sounds like he's actually freaking out. He sounds dead serious. Yeah. And then the the transmission being entirely dropped is insane. Like that's not something that happens. I was gonna say I would love to see how many times during Art's broadcast that happened. At this point, none. Uh, he actually says this has never happened before in my career. Never. And the guy's been on the radio his entire life. Never happened before. Never happened before. That's incredible. That is incredible. Okay. I need more, dude. I need more. So the rest of the episode from September 11th, 1997, uh, Art goes offline. September 11th. It's September 11th. Yeah. It's September 11th, 1997. Correct. This is unbelievable. Kind of spooky. I I can't believe it. Little synchronicity there. I cannot believe this. He gets knocked off the air for a few minutes. The radio station scrambles. They put on a random interview because they just need to have something on the air. And then Art goes on some backup servers. Okay. So this is him the moment that he comes back online. Well, this was certainly interesting. We are now on a backup system, everybody. 
uh, backup system. And uh, you, that one caller that I had on the air, <laughs> I guess we were about in the middle of his transmission, his telephone call, which was a, one of the strangest ones I've ever had. And the entire transmitting system by satellite went down here, and we were notified we were off the air. And it would appear to be from this end and some sort of uh, massive transmit failure. So we are now using a backup system to be on the air. And not that I would normally believe this kind of thing, mind you, but I can't help but wonder if somebody, somebody zapped us in some way. Somebody definitely zapped us. He got zapped. I mean, even if this guy is a phony, they can't have that kind of conspiracy panic running through. And if you said this is at the height, mm -hmm. I mean, I bet, I bet people, I mean, I guess that couldn't happen. Cause I was thinking, could you like DDoS a radio station? So we'll, I imagine we'll, you can't at, at this time. No. So we'll, at least I don't believe so. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what actually happened in a minute. Cause he gets, his um his network engineer for the station actually come on the the radio and talk about okay. it. Okay. But first what he does is take some calls because he wants to hear what everyone else heard because what, he was yeah. live, right? And, right. and it sounds like the transmission he's got still lost. on the phone with the guy and so he's not sure where mm -hmm. it got ended. Exactly. So okay. he he's asking some people and they explained to him like where it dropped off and it turns out there was actually more to the call that we did not hear over the oh, radio. Oh yeah, dude, of course there was. Mm -hmm. It also didn't get recorded because it didn't transmit. So it this is all now art hearsay. It's it's not only art hearsay, he did have someone else in the room with him who heard it uh, and this was a reporter from I believe it was Hustler. So there was a an actual reporter in the room who was doing a story on art and just coincided with this happening. Um, oh who, who was there to actually validate that that this didn't okay. occur? Okay. You guys didn't hear the whole call because here's what was going on. Halfway through that call, or somewhere through that call, I, I have no way of knowing. We apparently went off the air. The transmitter blew up, or whatever happened happened. Yeah, you got and, a pulse. And and uh, my hotline was ringing, so I don't know when. At what point during that call we actually lost it? And he yeah, was right. Yeah, you know, if you'd heard the end of the call, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell everybody right now. The end of the call, it got worse and worse. He was crying, and he screamed. He screamed, and the line went dead. And at that point, I, I think I went to another call, and I answered the hotline and found out we'd been blown off the air somehow. I've got a guest in the studio right now. He's confirming. He's shaking his head. Everything I'm telling him, telling you is exactly true. This guy screamed, and the line went dead. I wish you could have heard the end of it. We I can imagine the end of it. He screamed. He screamed. They found him, dude. They found him. Well, because he says something in it, which I was like, ooh, dude, that's wrong. He said that they can trace the call if I'm on the line too long. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... Your turkey, they can trace it as soon as you make the call. As soon as you dial that number, the call is traced. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can only be on for a minute and a half or whatever it is. It is fake Hollywood stuff. Hollywood misinformation, man. They can as soon, dude. Today, with a phone, 
They don't even need you. Don't even need to make the call, dude. They're answering. They're listening to us right now. They they, they track you all the time. Yeah, that is old data that's saved. What towers your phone's pinging from, even when you're not having a call. I mean, it's cute now, dude. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely adorable. If I make a call, they might be able to listen and trace me. You're already traced. Uh, well, he apparently got got because he screamed and then the line went dead. And then Art was like, oh, wait, we're not on the radio anymore. So what's insane about that? So let's just let's just go fully with this guy is an Area 51 scientist. He is being tracked down. He they know they're listening for it. They know Art is calling. They're like, this guy's insane enough that he'll call in. All the wheels are turning, right? That guy was on for a minute and a half, two minutes at the most. And that's how quick they were able to get to him. That's kind of horrifying. That it, that part is inexplicable because that would be an insanely fast response, right? That is, cr- or it means that they were super close already. That's, uh, it just feels like some black helicopter shit. Like they're just always yeah. flying around waiting. Yeah, for dude, you. they're always right. <laughs> they're just above they, your head. They, dude, they were on this guy. This guy... If he's calling into Art Bell again, let's just take it on that this is 100% true. Yeah. This guy is going to get caught eventually. Well, and then also he calls Art Bell or not. Yeah. He said that he was like, let go for medical leave. Yeah. Um, Which so... you know is he's because these scientists are chosen for a reason, right? They're chosen for a reason. These are the guys that don't break, these are the guys that don't want to go and tell the media what's happening. These are the guys that they're, this isn't supposed to happen. And so I would imagine that they can see pretty early on if you're starting to break. Yeah. Because I, I imagine, especially at Area 51 or something, everything about you is being recorded. Every, you're being watched constantly and you're being analyzed constantly. I wonder if someone's done that, you know, the Blade Runner sequel scene where Ryan Gosling's sitting in the room, he has to like repeat phrases and they analyze right. him for emotion. Maybe they right. have something like that. Like they'll, they check your emotional stability through some sort of testing. That would be interesting. Oh, dude, you know it. Have you seen, I mean, those like CIA interpreters and stuff, dude, they know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they, they know better than anybody else how to crack a person mentally. Yeah. Make him go. Well, Chris, let's get into what actually happened to knock him off the air. Okay. Because next up, after taking some callers, everyone's like, yo, dude, that was wild. Yeah. Uh, this is ho- the best radio on the planet right now. <laughs> this is why what is going on. This is why I listen. Uh, Tony, the network engineer, comes on to give Art the explanation of what happened to the show, why it got disconnected. Tony, you just got off the telephone with General Electric in New Jersey, I guess, correct? Correct, GE Americom. GE Americom in in New Jersey. Um, When I went off the air, what happened? Well, the story goes that um, the satellite that you transmit on, GE-1, seems to have lost its Earth sensor lock. Its Earth sensor lock. Correct, meaning that it... It lost its orientation in the sky just slightly and started a uh, kind of a shift. So many of the frequencies, KU and C, um, 
actually started to phase out and what happened to your frequency? Um, so in other words, it would not just have been me. It would have been everybody on the satellite I'm using, which would have been quite a considerable number of broadcast facilities, wouldn't it? Well, even even wilder than that, it was 50 channels. 50 on, channels. 50 channels on GE1, um, including not including our channel, which is the network's KU channel, which, as everybody knows, we stayed on the air just fine. You're the one that went down. Yeah, I went down. That's right. Well, then how could you... It, no, wait a minute. Will you use the same GE1 to get it back to New Jersey, right? Exactly. That's so, just amazing. If it lost Earth lock, it should have lost, uh, which means the satellite lost orientation momentarily. Right. Then uh, it should have lost it for everything. It, well, strangely enough, many channels did stay in the air, including our channel, except your channel and 50 others. Dude, GE is on some fake stuff, <laughs> dude. GE is a part of the freaking octopus monster. So, like, I'm not buying anything that GE says. That that many channels are on the same frequency and only arts gets messed up. There's something here, dude. There is a conspiracy here. That is the question as well, because if it loses, you know, Earthlock, then you would think that everyone that was transmitting through it would have been lost, right? But why was art lost, but other channels were not lost? I tried On to look into frequency. it. On yeah. the same frequency. On the same frequency, dude. I, I tried to look into it, and I was having a really hard time uh, digging into 1990s radio satellite technology. Right. So I don't have a good answer. If anyone knows more about 1990s satellite earthlocks, uh, please email cpmpod at gmail.com because I want to know. Until I know more, dude, conspiracy abundance, dude. It stinks. Um, it stinks to high heaven, dude. It's fishy. So that is the completion of the September 11th, 1997 Area 51 open line. So next we'll jump to 1998. Uh, but Chris, I do want to get your thoughts here. Do you see why this was such a big deal? <laughs> I'm so jacked up right now. I can't even believe it, dude. Can you imagine hearing this live? Oh, it would have been crazy. I can't. It would have been crazy. My mouth would have been open. Well, and the other thing like, too, what is going on? And the, the other thing is that this was 1997, so it, you listen to it live, and that's all you get. You don't that's have a all recording. You, you couldn't even go back and listen to it. Yeah, imagine going to work the next day and trying to tell people what you just heard. Oh, dude, it must have been. I mean, America the day after must have been a madhouse. Yeah, upwards of 20 million people heard that and were losing their minds. I mean, the, the, the cranks, I mean, because there's a lot of secret cranks out here. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think our show is tailor-made <laughs> for secret cranks. We're yeah. like, you know, it's like, we can talk about this stuff. We don't believe a lot of it, but we believe some of it. You know what I mean? We play that. We walk the line. You, walk, of you gotta walk that line. <laughs> We're walking the line of crankery, but all the secret cranks must have been dying. Mm -hmm. dude they must have been died to be like i gotta tell somebody <laughs> at my accountant firm in my law office my hospital you know whatever it is just straight losing it man it was great and they it's losing it. it's it's really funny too listening to uh episodes post september 11th 97 because people constantly call in and are just like hey remember that area 51 caller that was crazy 
Like yeah. it just comes up so often. And it just keeps me like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I still don't really have an explanation for it. It's that radioactive isotope that didn't exist until we started blasting nukes. Yeah. And like, and that's the, that's the, the timestamp. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're post September 11th, 1997 everything else is is bc right yeah that's when you uh because they use that to age old wine bottles right because right, the, exactly. yeah, the, the radioactive uh, isotopes aren't out like pre whatever um so chris jumping forward in time april 28th 1998 coast to coast am with art bell we get a caller who claims to be the area 51 guy Okay, let's so do this. This is months after the original occurrence. He calls in after it constantly comes up on the radio show. Right. The East of the Rockies, you're on the air. I'm Brian. I hung up on you last week. Oh, I see. And uh, I just figured, damn the torpedoes. Uh, I'll just do this and let the chips fall where they will. All right. Um, everybody, I am the Area 51 caller. Um, that's That's my statement. And let you or whatever tear it apart <laughs> you you claim you're the area 51 i i am the man how do you account for the fact area 51 caller okay that part of the way through your spiel the satellite went down i have no idea and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me that night <laughs> uh, i've called a number of times on your specialty line nights doing different and you know, all kind of wacky characters and that's all that one was supposed to be and uh if the call had been completed it would have been ancient history by now has it, has it occurred to you as uh barbara marks hubbard suggested tonight that perhaps if you're really what you say you are you created the reality of the rest of the situation and took down my satellite that scares the heebie-jeebies out of me because it means that what i was saying was somehow correct and it was fabrication kind of creating creating a reality whoa so where did you i want to hear your thoughts on well this. it's it's interesting right because art basically asks him like well so brian says like you know i don't know how to prove this to you and then art says can you do the voice okay so then he does the voice all right do we have that we have that so Let's here is brian doing the frantic area 51 caller voice on April 28th, 1998. I guess you could, you could, uh, you could give us a little of what you gave us then so that we could hear it and know it to be you. Are you sure you want me to do that, Art? I'm positive. Um, don't, Art, Art, please. Don't, I, I don't want you to ask me to do this. Um, if, if, if I start doing that, that, that guy, I... <laughs> You're right about that. Now, that let's just take that little sample that you just gave us so that we don't alter some sort of hard little reality <laughs> here at the end of the program, and we'll let the callers be the judge. Okay. All right? I thank you for this opportunity. This has just been driving me bananas for months. And, you, uh, uh, I, I didn't uh, I didn't know what you wanted me to do. I, I knew it was very difficult for me to prove to you um, Hmm. Uh, but I just thank you for, for your, your patience in, in dealing with me up to this time. All right. It's quite all right. Thank you. Uh, thank Fritz, uh, Fritz in Phoenix, as a matter of fact, called and said, oh, yes, that's him. Somebody else said, oh, no, 
now he has done his little Area 51 caller IMO, or the real thing, depending on what you think. And so we'll leave it up to all of you. That is what you think. I mean, at the very least, he did a pretty good job of imitating it. He did a, a very good job doing the voice. Yeah, so he obviously can do it. And yeah. he, he said something interesting that he'd done this before. Mm -hmm. I mean, I imagine that art and I imagine George Nori too have this type of person that calls that kind of does like a, well, I'm going to do a crank call, but I'm never going to say I'm, 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 this is a prank. Yeah. Right. I want everyone to believe that this is a real call. Mm -hmm. So that's and, interesting. Yeah. And that I, is, I, that is very, very interesting. Yeah. And I, I think the thing too, is that, uh, you know, I'm certain art is well aware that that happened and he actually set it up right. to happen. Like, opening up a line and saying, you know, I want the antichrist to call in or I want right. time travelers to call in. That's yes. what you're going to get. Yes. And what art was ultimately setting out to do was make good radio. He wasn't trying to entertain on anything. Yeah. He wanted to hear entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. It's on. And, and this is a good way to get that energy out mm -hmm. instead of having to deal with people like this all the time. He can, he can get like, an explosion of people calling in and giving crazy stories or whatever it is. Yeah. And if you've ever driven down a lonely highway at 2 AM listening to coast to coast, you'll understand why this radio show was on the air because right. it is the most like entertaining thing where it can just wash over you. It's kind of funny, kind of mm -hmm. ridiculous, also kind of mm -hmm. interesting uh, right. at a lot of points, but it, it's just really fun to have on, you know, right. in, in a relatively desolate time. Yes. So, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think, Chris. I okay. think that this was the caller. Okay. And the reason why I think that is because 17 years later, he returns to the airwaves. No way. So yes. then he comes back. He comes back. So, but, okay, do you, so what? He's not real, right? The call mm -hmm. is essentially a dud. Mm-hmm. Why does art get knocked off the air? We'll get there. Let's discuss okay. it at the end. Let's get through okay. the whole story and then we'll talk through okay. you know, what we think happens. All right. Okay. There's a okay. few options. Okay. So jumping forward again, Chris, and this is going to be, like you said, uh, a new one for us. We never get outside of the Art Bell Coast to Coast AM world. We're going to be going to Fade to Black Radio which is a uh, you know, like internet uh, radio show hosted by Jimmy Church. It's like paranormal stuff, like UFOs, ghosts, all that good stuff. Who's Jimmy Church, Paul? Uh, he's he's the guy that hosts it. Okay, that's it. Yeah. He's just a host of a he, show. Yeah, he's just the host of. Fade so what is this? Like an early podcast or something? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was that early of a podcast. It's just an, you know just the show that he does. He has a and, ton of episodes. He, he's still on the air. And what year was it again? This is from 2014 specifically, but 2014. He's still oh, 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 2014. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. This, yeah. This is a podcast. Basically. Yeah. Okay. So this is Fade to Black with Jimmy Church, episode 122, if you want to look it up from 2014. And the Frantic Area 51. We'll put it in the caller. show notes. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. The Frantic Area 51 caller returns and calls into his show. So let's listen in to that. I said before the break, I'd take a couple of phone calls. I've got them backed up. Let's take our first one now. Hi, you're live on Fade to Black with Jimmy Church. Who's calling? Where are you calling from? Uh, uh, hello, uh, Jimmy? 
You're on the air. You're live. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Uh, I'm. Uh, wow, I can't believe I'm, I'm making this call. Uh, it's been 17 years. Um, um, there, there, there's a lot of hoopla on the radio all these years on the internet. All the crazy. Uh, 17 years ago, there was a call to the Art Bell program. Um, uh, a man. Uh, he he called and he 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 claimed to have knowledge of. Area 51, and it, it resulted in a in a pretty big catastrophe. Um, some, I don't know, some call it radio history. I just know I've been living a nightmare ever since then. Calm down, calm down. It's okay. Hey. Where, where are you calling from? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I have fallen for that trick once. I am not going to tell you where I'm calling from. It's only going to be a matter of time before they're going to be able to use it. It's like the, the technology has advanced. It's 17 fucking years. Oh, I'm sorry. 17 years. And, and <sighs> 17 years. And so, like, yeah, here, here I am. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm calling your show. And I know I can tell you what took the satellite down. When? You, are you talking about with back with Art Bell? Yes, Area 51! Okay? Uh, okay, 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 okay. All right, take a deep <laughs> breath, my brother. Uh, all right, all right. It, what, I mean, ha what happened? There, there was all... There was truth back then, and there was this crazy guy in Philadelphia, and he called out of his parents' basement because Art Bell put on a program saying, Area 51 callers, call on in! And this guy, who had nothing to do with Area 51, he called in, and he, he put on this show, and he said these words, and next thing you know, he said whatever he said at a Satellite went out, and his life has been a living hell since then. What brought the satellite down? I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. He, he, he said things at the time about Area 51 and, and that there was a precursor and to, to NASA and, and the, that what the United States government is in contact with is not alien beings. They are beings from another world. They're extra dimensional, and no one seems to understand that. I, I, listen, listen. You're yelling. Just calm down. Calm I'm down. I, just, I know what I sound like. It's, it's just, it's been hard. So at this point, Jimmy says that the call drops and then he starts having issues with his computers. They have issues with the phone lines and he starts like trying to get people on the air to, to give feedback on whether or not they think this was the area 51 caller. All right, dude. I don't know. And for me, it seems like it's a, a recreation, right? It's almost like an homage to art. Which it basically was because this guy, this Area 51 caller, calls back in. It was a giant prank that Jimmy Church was doing on his audience. Right, right. Because yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. But it's because he knows this guy, Brian J. O'Glass. And he knows that this guy is the one who called into art originally. So wow. he calls back in to explain okay, what so happened. So it is actually the same guy. It's actually the same guy. It was a big gag. That's awesome. or I'll say it, he claims to be the same guy, right? You can't right. necessarily prove it. But here's him going back on. Uh, he calls back in, and, and they were both in on the joke the whole time. 
Hey, Brian. Yes. Say hi to the world. Hello, world. <laughs> this is Brian Glass, everybody. Yes, the gentleman that made the call 17 years ago on Art Bell, which which was radio history. Welcome to the program, Brian. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. This really is a little bit of radio history, dude. It is. is I told you it was a cool, saga. man. Yeah, this is kind of cool, actually. I'm enjoying this, like, the historical aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, like, 30 years almost of radio history. A really, really long time this has been going on. Yeah. And, dude, I'm sure it's all over the internet, I bet, if you're looking for it. The the Art Bell clips are all over the internet of the original caller. The right. clip from 1998 you don't find very often at all, and right. the uh, the fade to black. Well, of course not, Kirk. dude. The 1998 clip ruins it. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It really the does. The, dude, you broke my spirits. I thought for sure that guy was going to lead me down some some Area 51 knowledge, dude. You, you've, you've taken me into a completely different corner that I wasn't ready to go to. That's why I was excited to show you this, because I wanted you to go on the emotional roller coaster I did researching this. Yeah, it's so good. I always knew of the 1997 episode. I had heard about a, a guy calling back in in 98, but I hadn't listened to it before. And I also hadn't listened to this fade to black. Uh, so this was all research for this episode that really broke my spirits on this call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he he does a, a, an interview with, uh, with Brian J.L. Glass and basically asks, hey, why did you make that original call? Like walk me through what it happened. So he shares a little bit about the history of the call, which I think really sealed the deal for me, to be honest. See, you know, and did you have any idea, Brian, did you have any clue that you would leave a mark on literally tens of millions of people for a couple of decades? Uh, it has been a surreal 17 years. Uh, I was a struggling up and coming comic book writer at the time. I was also part of a, a touring theater group out of Philadelphia. And uh, I was a huge fan of Art Bell because I would, I would spend my evenings uh, literally in my parents' basement, the literal cliche back in 97. I was in my parents' basement and I would listen to Art Bell and I would be on the computer and I would either be writing or lettering my upcoming comic. And I would listen to Art and the very first inspiration for the call that became the Area 51 caller was a night that he had, he had vampires calling up. And everyone calling up was supposed to say they were a vampire. And then at one point he had a caller call in to say he was a vampire hunter. And that was where the first inspiration to kind of do the crazy paranoid guy to call in and be a vampire who actually wanted to be killed. <laughs> Dude, you're totally right. You're totally right. This is this is us. This yes. is us. Yes. This is us if we were like theater kids and we'd be like, oh, I can. How many times have we said it on some of these call-in shows where we're like, you got to stick the landing? Yeah. And just yeah. being like, dude, I could stick the landing. <laughs> I could that, totally yeah. stick the landing. And that's the thing about this call in is that this stuck the landing. He this stuck is a it. Guy, this is a guy who likes the lore. He loves it. 
He loved the lore and he had pretty good lore. He did a good job. And the reason for that was that when he called in that night, he was working on a book called Ship of Fools. And that was the plot line to Ship of Fools. It was a super paranoid guy who was involved in a conspiracy about interdimensional beings who were going to like destroy the world. So he was using his own lore for the right, call. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, he was can, just playing the character, right? Yeah. And here's the other thing. This guy is successful now. So he's he really, a, yeah, he's an actual comic book writer. Uh, he's written for Marvel. He's done like multiple uh, uh, comic books like Valkyrie and stuff like that. Wow. And the book that he based this off of is called Ship of Fools. You can find it on Amazon. This is all. Oh, dude, we'll link to it. We'll link yeah. to it. So after listening to that and looking into this guy, there's no reason for him to lie about this. He has the proof points in terms of like, hey, I was writing this book that was about this stuff. The book's written. Um, and the story makes so much sense. Right. Like every time I listen to open lines, I'm like, yeah, dude, these guys do suck sometimes. I need satellite, dude. I need an answer to the satellite going down, though. <laughs> You're not going to get a good one for that, but he has his thoughts. Okay. He has some thoughts. Okay. While, while people have said, oh, the moment the call is a fake, then, oh, it's all a fake and I'm angry at him and all the, the, the stuff that I've gotten. But... The react for me, the true conspiracy reality is while my call was fake, Art Bell's show was real. Mm -hmm. I, I said something in a fake call that made a real satellite lose Earthlock, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> and that is what has terrified me for 17 years. So he has no, there's no real answer as to why that feed goes down. There is no real answer to why it went down. His guess is that he was onto something with his call. That's terrifying. Yeah. That's actually terrifying. Yeah. That's actually horrifying. So it was like, I wasn't being serious. Someone thought I was being serious and they knocked him off the air. He says it a couple of times, mm -hmm. though. He does say that a couple of times where he's like, I think I said something that wasn't supposed to be said. And they were like, is this actually somebody calling from Area 51? Yeah, whatever spook was listening to Arbel's show that night to monitor it, uh, pulled a ripcord because he thought yeah. that someone was was really saying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually terrifying. Yeah. Like, That's he more terrifying than the guy making the call. Yeah. That that's and that's where that's what we're talking about, right? That sometimes you don't need all the extra junk for a crazy conspiracy to take place. Like the 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 truth can be stranger than fiction sometimes. Now, here's the alternative explanation though. Is that this was just a wild thing to happen and Art has a lot of wild calls on his show all the time. And if we did not lose um, uh, Earthlock during this show, no one would have really remembered this. Right. right. It would have just been one of the millions of calls that Art has gotten over his career. What made this call memorable was that the guy was a good actor and we lost sync during his call. That's the craziest part, dude, though, for me, yeah. is that Art goes on every single day for years pretty much yeah i mean had to have been thousands of times at this point 
and the one time in the middle of a call. That is genuinely kind of a terrifying call. The is guy does scary? a great job. He sounds he sounds ill. The guy does a great job at that moment. The satellite goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, and apparently that's inexplicable, dude. That's very that's, inexplicable. That's inexplicable for me. It's very inexplicable. And I, and I think you're right, dude. I think it's somebody with the uh, can pull a ripcord. Yeah. Right. And that is crazy. And what what's funny about this as well is he goes into what his plan was that night. So he's like, I had, you know, written all this stuff. And at the end of the call, when he started screaming, which Art referred to, uh, mm-hmm. he started like smashing boxes and like shattered a bottle. Wow. So he was trying to make it sound like someone had broken right, into his house. Broke in, right. And then at the end of the call, he was going to go back on the phone and then say like, oh, hey, this was a, a show for your audience. Hope you enjoyed it. So he was going to say that it was fake. But, but then the, the link goes down, dude. The line was dead, so he didn't get to say it. Yeah, dude, the link <laughs> goes down. And I'm sure it probably did scare him. Yeah. Dude, the next couple of days, or maybe even a couple of weeks, I would have been freaking out. Terrified. I would have been freaking out. I would have been like, is there going to be an FBI agent at my front door? Or what I perceive to be an FBI agent is going to be somebody that you don't know the acronym of their agency. Men in black show up at your door because you made a crank call. You made a crank call and they're like, where did you get your information? I would die of fright in that moment. I, I would be like, I don't want to know anymore. I don't want Fail. to know I'm dead. Fail. <laughs> I'm dead. I don't want to know any more about what's about to happen to me. Well, that was the saga of the frantic Area 51 caller, Chris. That was a saga, dude. Was that a saga? That was legitimate. I'm exhausted. It's an emotional roller coaster, listeners. I'm this. absolutely exhausted. What a fine, dude. The, dude, a big shout out for. Bradley, dude, thank you so much for sending us this idea. It was so good. Yeah, so we, good. We appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, I was able to turn it into a whole episode as well, which I was very excited about. Wow. Wow, 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 dude. Incredible. Yeah. Those those two minutes of that call had a major impact on the psyche of millions of people. I'll tell you that. We kind of did the opposite of what we claimed to do, though. We, did, we took about a two minute clip and stretch it to an hour instead of taking a four hour show and, sh- and shorten it down to an hour. So, uh, oops, oops. That's our fault. There's we'll a lot back to get to into. a regular format. We'll get back into our regular format next week. There was just too much to get into here. It was I could good not, though, dude. I, could I enjoyed not get it. In. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Well, Chris, on a scale of one to five uh, men in black showing up at your door after you cause a satellite to lose lock with the earth, what do you rate the frantic caller saga. I, I don't even know what I'm <laughs> rating. Just not like rating? how much you enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I'm I'm thoroughly entertained. I guess <laughs> I'm a four and a half uh, men in black at my doorstep, dude, for sure. At least four. I'm going I'm to give it a five, dude. I had so much fun with this one. Good. Uh, it was so enjoyable. Yeah. This is the closest I think we're ever going to get to journalism, probably. So you're welcome, world. Let's not make a habit of it, dude. Not, I, yeah. I don't I don't want to be respected. Yeah. We need to tease more crank we're doing, stuff. We'll we're, doing, we're doing coast to coast AM here, Paul. <laughs> Stop with the respectability here. Yeah. Get I'll, us back to the crankery. I'll quit it with the facts next time. I'm yeah, messing please, up here. Please.
Well, that has been the show. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the saga. Uh, if you have thoughts, if you disagree with us on it being Brian JL Glass, please email us at c2cpmpod at gmail.com or send us more requests. We love to hear from you all. Uh, that's been the show. We love you. We appreciate you. All conspiracy, all the time. Later.